At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job. Visit nicejob.com to learn all about the reputation marketing tools available for small businesses. Collect two to three times more reviews, share that social proof on your website and social media, and get more leads and sales. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Visit get.nicejob.com to learn more. Uh, emergency situations. Everybody has been in one. If you haven't, trust me, in this trade, you'll be in one at some point. So we got to have this conversation. We're going to have it with Brian Hamilton from Armstrong Fluid Technologies on how to be prepared for an emergency, how to act within an emergency, and how to even prevent emergencies from happening in the first place. I'm going to tell some stories. He's going to tell some stories. And listen, it all comes back to fundamental knowledge and having the correct network around you that's going to help you prepare for an emergency we're going to get into this a little bit more in depth and talk about ways to prevent emergencies from happening but this is a good conversation guys listen up this is the hvac know it all podcast i'm your host gary mccree welcome to the hvac know it all podcast recorded from a basement somewhere in toronto canada your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Brian, thank you for being with me tonight, man. How's it going? Pretty well. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. And and I think the the conversation we're going to have is, is one that is of importance. And we don't want to create emergencies for ourselves and, and there's different ways we can go about uh preventing those uh but i Absolutely. think we also want to have a conversation about some emergencies we've dealt with and, and how we've sort of figured them out how we've helped some other people get through them just by being there for somebody or being there physically yourself and how we got through them because there's a lot of techs that experience emergencies, especially younger techs, and they get very, very stressed. And I know that feeling to be stressed on an emergency call. And sometimes you just got to stop. You got to breathe, relax, go take a five minute walk and and come back and collect yourself. Do do you think that's some good advice is just to collect yourself if you're getting a little bit too tense and too anxious? Absolutely. If you get caught up in the moment and, uh, you know, you're not, you're not centering yourself, you're getting frustrated. Um, you know, that can just, you can just uh, kind of lock yourself into the same train of thought. Um, I mean, quite often I've had this where, you know, you're, you're fo- so hyper-focused on the problem at hand that you're not, you're not letting any outside thoughts like come in and, uh, you know, there's sometimes where you, you, you go take a, go take a coffee break, go take an air break, just, uh, walk away for a few minutes and, uh, the thought will pop in your head of, whoa, why didn't I try that? Um, I've had plenty of situations where, um, you know, I, 
I get off the phone with the tech, uh, trying to look up some other information and, uh, and just, just taking that breath, taking that breather, walking away for a minute. I recognize, oh, here's my solution to hand. You know, here's a situation where I, uh, you know, so hyper focused on the on what the facts he prevented presented that I you know I can't think of anything off the top of my head that he you know I can help him with and walk away, talk about it with somebody else, go to the, go to the water cooler, um, you know just definitely situations like that where you uh, you definitely need to um, emergencies obviously require a, a lot of focus and attention, but um, when you're in an emergency situation, a cool and level head will definitely prevail. Mm-hmm. And this, this is one that probably a lot of techs personally, a lot of companies don't have is, is some sort of procedure for an emergency, right? Sure. Um, I, I think if a, if, a, if a procedure was in place and it not, doesn't have to be anything too crazy, but a couple of phone numbers that you can call for assistance, yeah. right? Or w- within a cert within a tight circle, like service managers, um, Maybe maybe some experts within within a the field, but may not be with your company. Some tech support numbers, some supplier numbers, um, after hours numbers. Just h- having these things at your fingertips would, right. I think, really help to alleviate the stress instead of trying to search up numbers at last minute. But having this list of people, contacts, emails, phone numbers, mm-hmm. and 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 just maybe a few lines of written procedure on, on how to deal with this may help some techs that are learning the trade get through these things a bit better. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, I know that my company, we, uh, what we do, we have a, we have one number. Um, you call for any general after sales information during the day and at night, uh, same number, um, call that number and it goes to somebody on a list. If they don't pick up their boss picks up. If they don't pick up their boss picks up and it goes all the way up the chain. Um, and it's, uh, that that sense of organization helps. Having uh, knowing your contacts, knowing who you can rely on, definitely is important. Um, but I yeah, I think uh, you know, working with your vendors, um, understanding their structure and their emergency procedures, definitely helps. Um, being informed always is the best way to approach any situation. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should talk about some emergencies we've been in or been involved in, just to give examples of what we're talking about here. And I'll, I'll start with one really, really quick and simple one. And it was an emergency that I wasn't involved in directly. I was indirectly because my phone rang at 3am in the morning. Right. And, and I've always kept the habit of keeping my phone beside me, beside my bed, uh, at nighttime, just in case. And I had a phone call and it was, this is a few years back. And it was some, it was some server room equipment that had chillers that went along with a bunch of fan coils inside of the server room. And the tech on site didn't know the code to get into the, the, the chiller itself to, to check some things. Now I answered my phone and I knew, I knew the code in my head and I knew how to get into the code and, and get into the manager level of, uh, of settings and. And it took us like a few minutes just to, to get that information to him and get him into the panel. And without me answering the phone, um, this could have turned into a, a giant fiasco, right? And this, Absolutely. I think, comes comes back to knowing who to call, um, whose site you might be on. If, if, if you work within a company that's large or even midsize, 
and some mm-hmm. people have their own sites. Whose site is that? Who's the guy that I got to call to get the information I need to get through this? Because if you called the company owner, he wouldn't have known what the code was and yeah. he wouldn't have been able to help. Um, so the certain individuals that know things like that, that are not like, it's not prior, pri- like it's not deep knowledge. It's just knowledge of actually being on that site. Right. Yeah. There's some things you just have to experience once or twice just to, uh, really kind of, uh, learn it. And that's that, um, they're not very complicated things like a password. Um, yeah, I had a similar situation. Uh, a customer called me probably about two months ago. Um, about four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon. He had just filled up a, he filled up a chiller, uh, with uh, water and glycol and he was out in the mo- mountains and, uh, it was getting cold out and, uh, he went to turn the, turn the pumps on and they never turned on. Um, turns out there's a special controller that needs to go on to, uh, flip a certain feature on that wasn't flipped on those for some reason. And, uh, um, just, just by, by chance, I had talked to someone in his facility earlier that week and I knew that they had this controller there. Um, normally we would send one on overnight, uh, if a customer doesn't have it on them. And just just uh, me knowing that information and uh, sending him a picture of what he was looking for, he was able to go that go there, go find go find a controller, flip the switch, make the make the pumps run, uh, keep the keep the glycol and wa- um, water mix so that they didn't freeze overnight and blow up a you know a million BTU chip chiller. So yeah, it was a you know it's with those kind of situations, um, just knowing one or two simple things can absolutely save your save your bacon uh, or at least knowing who to call. Yeah. And, and your example wasn't some sort of deep knowledge either. It was just, um, no. just being aware and, and being conscious of, of what's going on around you within your day to day and, and knowing, Hey, wait a minute. I just talked to someone in this guy's facility a few days ago and putting two, yeah. to, two and two together. So it's, I always say it's, um, you don't need to know everything you need to know to, to be really good in this industry no matter what your position is in the industry, having a really fundamental, like a good grasp of fundamentals, because Mm -hmm. if you know the fundamentals really, really well, you can pretty much get through everything. Um, But you need help buttons. You need experts that focus in on, on certain things. And those are your help buttons. So if you have a network of help buttons around you, you know your, your basics, you know your fundamentals, you get caught up on some sort of, proprietary control system that only the manufacturer knows have a help button that you know is a solid um a solid resource to get you through that and i think that's part of of um growing as a tech is is growing your network to the point where you have these buttons to reach out to and push Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um you know it's not always it's not always a matter of the knowledge you have yourself, knowing your resources around you, knowing the people you can trust, people you can count on. Um, even myself, that's how I've grown my my knowledge base is asking the questions uh, when when things cropped up and uh, finding the people who had the answer, finding the subject matter expert that you need for your problem. Um, it's critical, uh, especially in a you know in a service business. In your my my personal experience is constantly answering questions on the phone of guys in emergency situations my uh, you know your 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 uh, your, your emergency room is down your surgery room is down your servers your, your servers down your you know it's uh it's negative 30 out my boiler just blew things like that happen all the time um and so having someone you can go to that uh maybe you don't know the equipment specifically but you at least know who does that 
you know, you don't have to know everything, but you, if you know where everything is, you, that's, that's just as good of a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, do you have any emergencies you can remember in your head where you got through them just by keeping sort of a calm head and, and using these things that we've discussed um, up to this point to get through it? Uh, sure. About a, about a month ago, I got a call uh, from a, from a brewery out in Western Canada a uh, customer uh, had six six pumps that um, I knew that the pumps had um, they had since been discontinued. Um, I knew that they had had some issues, uh, but uh, when talking to the customer, I asked him the simple questions. I know he's, he was a little nervous because, you know, his pumps were starting to go out sequentially one at a time uh, due to some electrical anomaly. And um, I talked through it with Comley, found out what he needed um, because I knew what he was, what kind of product he was dealing with. Um, you know, I took a deep breath, thought about it for a moment and said, uh, you know, I, you know, I could have tried to troubleshoot him all night long. I don't think it would have fixed it. I knew that, um, he said he had an extra pump to put in. I said, try that for tonight. And what we'll do is tomorrow we'll uh, take a deep breath. We'll get you a brand new pump on your way. We'll get you going. Um, we'll make sure that you're, uh, We'll make sure your system's up and going, and then what I'll have you do for the rest of your pumps, uh, because the rest of them hadn't went out, is send me it back. Um, situation where, you know, I could have just sat there trying to trying to read the INO, trying to trying to pull one out and uh, test it myself and see what 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 I could have spent all night with the guy trying to figure it out. You know, meanwhile, his water pipes would have froze. Uh, situation where you got to know when to cut your losses, to take a step back, say, do this for now. Um, do some triage for the moment, and then uh, you know we'll tomorrow we'll uh, come back with a with a full solution that will get you completely up and running. Because um, sometimes that is that's all you can do. Sometimes there's no fix in the box. Um, so knowing when to walk away uh, with a with a partial fix and come back the next day is is also critical too. Yeah, that that is a good point you make because how many times do you go out at midnight? I know I've been out on, on night calls before where I got to get out of bed and, and make the drive. And I, I find some of these, sometimes these calls are peaceful. Like <laughs> you, you hit yeah. the road at midnight, there's no cars on the road. Um, it, it's, it's a bit of a, I, I don't know. It's, it, you turn on the radio, there's like weird radio shows on and stuff. It's just like a really mm-hmm. sort of creepy, eerie time to be out um, in the middle of the week, but you get to site and you got to figure out something you got to be MacGyver. You got to get like a pack of bubble gum and some toothpicks and you got to figure something out to, to limp them through until mm-hmm. we can focus on a solution and, and get the right parts or the, or, or the right uh, sort of tactics to, to, to solve it. Because I mean, yeah, you can get a supplier open in the middle of the night, but the thing is you don't even know if they have what you need. They got to go that like, if you can figure out a way to limp them through until the next day when, when the manufacturer's suppliers are open, you can get the answers you need. Um, sometimes you got to do that and having the skill to MacGyver something. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's not sketchy, as long as you're not putting anybody in danger, as long as you're not potentially going to kill the equipment by doing what you're doing. Right. Um, some of these things are, are definitely required by a technician at times. JB Warranties offers a warranty program past the OEM warranty period. Shop owners, if I was a shop owner right now, $300 an hour in labor reimbursement to pay my guys and gals out in the field. That's a huge bonus. 14-day turnaround on claims. And if your customer needs a peace of mind of a warranty program past the OEM warranty, check out JB Warranties. 
company cam has built a platform and they they continue to grow because they're helping companies get organized with job site images videos notes so we're not emailing texting and it's all getting lost in all of these threads you take a you take a picture you make a note you take a video and you put it into that job file and it's cloud-based so it doesn't take up room on your phone it's all in that one place so anybody that's involved can go in and check it out and, and get a timeline and get progress reports and so on and so forth so check out company cam if you're looking to get organized Yellow Jacket has come out with their Yjack Mano, which is a manometer, and it comes with, uh, it's based on the, the Yjack app platform as well, so you can see all your readings on, on your, your phone or your tablet. But the cool thing is it comes with these static pressure tips, and these tips are meant to go in the duct, the tubes connect to them, and they go back to the manometer, and that's how you read your pressure. Static pressure tips are not pitot tubes. Okay, they have uh, the tip at the end is closed off. The sides of, of the tips are opened. So that ballooning effect of the static pressure is forced into the sides of the tips. And that's how you read. So check, it, check these out because they look pretty cool coming out from Yellow Jacket. I have to give a giant shout out to Paul Schubert from RLS and how he's building his brand through customer, like, when I say customer, I mean like the technicians in the field, customer support. Uh, it's, it's just amazing how he's building his brand. Uh, if you look at the, the pictures from the AHR and you see all of the techs and installers that are, are, are flocking towards this brand, it's because of the way they're building it. The R&D and the millions of dollars and the time that's taken to, to, to build this has been incredible. And if, if you, you want to reach out to Paul, he can tell you more about it. The first press was done in St. Louis, Missouri in 2012 and is still in service till this day. That's 10 years ago. So the longevity is showing. You got to install it right though, guys. You have to read the, the, the instructions in the manual and install it right. Okay. So check out RLS for alternative brazing methods. Navac has grown into a, a leader in evacuation and recovery machine and pipe and like tubing tools, like flaring, uh, expanding like a swage. And the quality of their products just keeps getting better. They, they, they really, really do. And if you own anything that's NAVAC and you see the quality in the product, you'll know what I mean. So if you're looking to replace something that you've used for a while, check out the NAVAC stuff because it's it really is quality stuff. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, you know, obviously when I, when I tell anybody to do anything in the field, I'm always advising them, please, you know, if this is going to, this is going to cause issues in your system, don't do it, but try this, try that, try the other. Um, I, it's, it's just a good pattern of, you know, making sure you throw out the, you know, stop, think about it for a second, make sure that, you know, you aren't turning this on and testing it and you're going to, you know, blow your, blow your chiller out or, uh, some other piece of equipment down the line just because you're trying to test something out. I always try to make sure uh, you think of the whole system and not just the component you're working on too. That's another part of emergency, you know, emergency calls is don't make your emergency worse by not thinking about what's going on around you. Um, knowing your surroundings and knowing what pieces of equipment you're, you're affecting by turning this on, you know, is, is critical. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. And, and I think that I have a note written down here that I wanted to to cover with you. Mm-hmm. I, you can cover the, the hydronic side or, or even beyond if you want to, but there there are certain parts, I think, w- within equipment that we know as technicians over time, okay, 
that thing's going to last probably a couple of years, like a, like a, some, some of those hot surface igniters on some boilers I've worked on, mm-hmm. like every three years, they seem to just kind of go. So in my head, I'm like, okay, it's been a couple of years, two and a half years. I'm going to, I'm going to see if the customer wants to be proactive and at least order them and have them sitting waiting, mm-hmm. or we can just replace them and we can take the new one or the old ones out that are still right now working take them out and use them as an emergency spare Um, because i always think it's good to have backups of things especially if it's for heating like a a building or a home and it it needs to and there's occupants even right like people sleeping or whatever because i i think of this one uh building i work in we mainly do the like the the boilers and the and uh, the pumps and the stuff on the roof but the odd time will go into a tenant suite but i'm thinking of places like that where you don't want the boiler to go out in the middle of the winter at 2 a.m. when it's the coldest outside. So anything you can do, any parts you can change that you know may fail to prevent that, I think is is good. And and I'll take it a step further, um, is if you pull a burner out and you see the beginnings of hairline cracks, it might be it might be a good time to start to look into replacing that burner or the the the, the portion that has the hairline cracks because I've seen hairline cracks they're, they're so small you wouldn't think they they cause a problem but the gas distribution is off i've seen it not light i've seen them uh light but the late ignition and cause a, a like a big boom uh so so things like that you got to be you got to be looking for and if you can if you can be proactive and get them replaced before it causes a problem and the the the, the unit runs as smoothly as it can i think that's a benefit to the customer um what do you think about that and on the hydronic side what can we do around this like the same sort of realm of of thinking to prevent anything from happening um absolutely i think a regular scheduled maintenance um if you're going to be consistently working on us on a job site i think it's beneficial for you to find out what all your equipment is research it uh go to their website um see what the instructions say if you're if you're dealing with like a shelling tube and all of a sudden you know you're not delivering the heat load you think you're supposed to be, it might be time to pull that bundle and clean it out. Um, it might need a flush. Um, if you're you know if your pump's going through seals every six months, you might need to you might need to do do a whole clean on your system. Scale may have taken over. Um, Scale is a pretty common problem in in systems. Uh, usually more in open than open systems than closed, but it, you know it can crop up in both depending on how they're treated. Um, you know, if, if valves aren't checking the way they used to, uh, it might just be time to either replace the valve or at least pull the pull the uh, the moving parts in the in the uh, check valve and uh, make sure those are at least replaced. Um, those are some good 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 places to start. Um, but I think I think if you're going to be doing visiting jobs regularly, if it's a job that's on your regular rotation, know what's in there, um, and that's a great time to get in touch with the manufacturer and always ask if there's any preventative maintenance. Um, I think it's a great idea to ask that question. Even if they don't have it, it's good to know um, what the things that they might think of that might be your most common problems you see. And I think for young techs, it's a really great idea to call up. Just ask a few questions. You know, this is the first time I'm touching this piece of equipment. I'm a little nervous. You know, what are the things I got to be looking for on this that might be going wrong? Um, you know, for a pump, it's typically your mechanical seal, your gaskets, or the motor might go. Um, if you're talking about like a, 
like a shell, like I said, a shell and tube, uh, you know, scale might take over and, uh, you know, eat the tube bundle, um, things like that. Uh, expansion tanks, if all of a sudden, you know, your, your uh, relief valves kicking regularly, your expansion tank, if you have a bladder tank in your system, it might have might have blown or it might be completely waterlogged. Um, you know, that's stuff like that. Um, it might not, this might seem like nothing, but if you see a major dip in your performance or you see like something like I said, your relief valve kicking off regularly, you know, your relief equipment might not be up to snuff anymore. Might, something might have happened. Um, keeping an eye out for something like that, uh, watching your equipment, trying to kind of, you know, monitoring performance and seeing where it goes is is a good way to, you know, keep the baseline level. I mean, if you know, if a dip in performance happens today, it's like, oh, no big deal. You know, it's just a couple, you know, off a couple of degrees, no big deal. Tomorrow, no big deal. You know, six months from now, in the dead of winter, all of a sudden, everything stopped. <laughs> Something burst. You know, it was, it's been dipping in performance for a long time. And, uh, you know, you ignored it. And then, then it's the 3 a.m. phone call. Um, and if you're on a maintenance contract, you know, that's terrible because you're, you're out there basically doing it for free. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't want that. And you don't want customers having to call you at 3 a.m. saying, you know, all my tenants so don't have, don't have hot water. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's an awful feeling. Uh, mm -hmm. knowing, no, especially if it's a site you've been to regularly, it's something you could, you missed just by, uh, not keeping a good eye on your equipment. Um, obviously always in the hydronic systems, always look for leaks, see if there's some signs of leakage in places. Um, that's a good way to tell if there's something starting to go. Um, dips in performance are a good one. Uh, noise, um, Maybe over time a motor starts to motor bearings start to go um, uh, on your pump or somewhere else in your system. If that, if that thing's starting to get louder and louder, it's not going to magically fix itself over time. It's just going to get continually louder and louder until it needs to be repaired. And hopefully it's you know on your on your terms and not on uh, not on the system's terms. Uh, if yeah. you're not working on a hospital, um, that's it's critical. And you got to make sure you get every you keep every stay on top of everything or else they don't. A surgery room could go down in the middle of the night and I, I don't know you but i don't want that on my conscience mm -hmm. yeah that, that's see when i when i get on online and, and talk to uh, and get involved in conversations I, I can tell there's 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 a good chunk of people that the comments they make i can tell that they have have never really worked on a critical site and and that's not to talk down or against them in any type of way. I can just mm -hmm. tell because of the way they're commenting, because mm -hmm. if they had been on a critical site before and know what it's like to have a critical site go down and the pressure and the stress and how much money someone might be losing because a server's down or um, a, a medical treatment that can't be done because something in a hospital or, or medical building is down. When, when somebody gets online and says, yeah, my customer, like I, I order all these parts and I have them on stock. I have them sitting there waiting. I even replace parts before they fail. And you can see people getting into arguments like that. Ah, oh, you're ripping off your customer, <laughs> stuff like that. But when it comes to, I'm telling you right now, the people that most people that are in charge of this critical equipment, they would rather pay you upfront as a trusted professional than to pay you when the machine goes down because it's way hey. cheaper it's way cheaper to do it up front than when you wait till it goes down. So, I mean, having spare parts on hand and, and doing proper maintenance, like you said, and changing things that might still be currently working, but 
you can tell there's a waning or there's a decline in their performance. Mm-hmm. If, if you can catch that decline in performance and replace that part, you are going to prevent something from happening in an emergency sure. situation, right? Yeah. And I mean, hydronic systems are so expensive. Um, you know, all HVAC systems are so expensive. Uh, a little preventative maintenance can add years to their life. You know, you, you could add, you know, if you, you stay on top of it, you could keep a pump going. We we have pumps in the field that are 60 years old. Uh, the maintenance, maintenance crew stayed on top of it, oiled the bearings when they needed to be oiled, checked on the pump regularly, and, you know, every once in a while caught up and asked for a new impeller. Things like that happen. You know, customers who take really good care of their equipment. And that's the only time we hear from them is, well, I need a, I need a couple of parts. Uh, my stuff's starting to starting to dip. And those are the only times we hear from those guys. They don't, they're not calling us in the middle of the night because they, they know their, they know their stuff's working and uh, they're, they're staying on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. that prevented it. You know, they say the old adage, uh, an ounce, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's absolutely 100% true because any, any situation we, that you can anticipate in your head ahead of time is going to save you not only hours hours of time in the field, but also god awful amounts of stress, probably years off your life difference. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a good way to look at it. You can tell me if you agree or not. Mm-hmm. But day one performance, like, okay, so day one after you work out the bugs, because we all mm-hmm. know that sometimes brand new equipment is not exactly the best because there's a lot of tweaking and but right. let's say it's started up, it's commissioned, all the tweaks are out the performance that it's um that it has on that specific day if we maintain the equipment to try to keep day one performance just try to keep that level of of um of maintenance so we're always bringing it back to 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 day one performance Uh, i i think that's a sort of a good way uh, even though we we've been talking how we hate rules of thumbs on the podcast lately i think that's a good rule of thumb to to, to kind of strive for is always let's let's try to maintain this thing at day one performance because if you do that then you're going to maintain i think a, a longer runtime of that equipment over the course of its life sure and what you're gonna you know if you're maintaining it on a maintenance contract for somebody else um them never having problems in their building is going to make them think of you the next time if they have a different building well i'm gonna have to sign them up for that job too because I have no problems in this building. The only time I hear from him is when he's coming by to change it, change out some spare parts. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. it's absolutely important. Um, you know, on the other, uh, the other way of that is, uh, you know, the guy who lets it go, uh, you know, big deal. You know, that's not a big problem now. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> he's the guy calling you up at three in the morning saying, I, I you know, uh, my boiler blew and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's negative 10 out. <laughs> There's nothing you can do in those situations other than, you know, well, here's what you can do to limp till tomorrow. Um, unfortunately, the, the boiler shop is closed. So, um, you know, here's what we can try and get you get you by. But, the, you know, you got to that preventative maintenance is everything in emergency situations. Um, I would say preventative maintenance and uh, knowing who to call in the, in, the, in the pinch absolutely are your best bets. Mm hmm. I know I yeah, have all and, my resources on speed dial whenever I, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good, and if you can't memorize them all. You know what's funny? Um, I used to know like all my friends' phone numbers and mm-hmm. everybody's phone number back in when I was a teenager. Now I don't, I can't remember anybody's phone number except for maybe two of them because everybody's got the, 
the uh, the, the speed dial going on, right? Ever since um, the advent of uh, the cell phone, I've uh, I've haven't memorized a single phone number. So. <laughs> That's right. So I, on the flip side, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that that up. There's always that one person that might not get stay up with with their maintenance the way they should and and that's a good point to tackle too because a lot of a lot of us in the field encounter these people so there's a way to combat that and i found i find it works most of the time not all the time because some people just are way too cheap to to throw money at stuff and they will wait till it breaks every single time absolutely but i i found a way to counter that and that is through being respect respectfully adamant that if you don't do this, this is what could happen. Um, and education, an yeah. education of, of why it needs to be done. Yeah. And and why, if, if it's not, what could happen? And, and if this happens, how it could cost you more money in the long run. So if, if you explain to the customer in an educational way and show them that this failure could cause cost them more in the long run, and you do it respectfully, but you're adamant, not pressuring the customer into doing something they don't want to do, but trying to nudge them into doing the right thing because it's going to benefit them down the long haul of this machinery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always try to, whenever I'm speaking to somebody, if if I think if I can think of something that's going to make them make things better for them in the long run, I try to bring it up. And whenever I'm not, it's not enough to just say you need this this fixed this is what you need fixed um you gotta you gotta give them the why they gotta know the why um and if you i find that when you have problems if you come to somebody with uh instead of saying oh you got this problem and uh you know we're working on what we can do next if you come to them saying we got this problem and here's what i can do for you now i can do the simple fix i can do the complicated fix that's going to last long term you know or i can do it somewhere in between here's your solutions uh here's the cost point those those things um, being that level of preparedness um, puts customer at ease because then they don't have to do the extra scrambling to think about it, um, and they're less likely to make an emotional decision rather than a, just a level-headed decision. Um, you know, if you if you give somebody time to to chew on some or you know to sit around hoping and waiting for an answer from you, and you don't give them anything, they uh, you know they <laughs> it drives their nerves up and it, it ends to it ends typically ends in more emotional decisions rather than a level-headed uh, logical decision and mm-hmm. and uh it, keeping a level head like you said from the beginning um very important in emergency situations that uh, everybody stays level-headed um voices don't get raised um we're all here for the same reason trying to fix something we all Wrenches want this problem solved. solved yeah <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've got seen enough pla- enough cracked screens and casings to to tell you that it's that, that isn't always the case. But um, it's uh, it, you know, you, keeping that level head um, doesn't add an extra layer to the the emergency. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have some I have um, not a case study, but some some sort of anecdotal evidence I can give you and the audience that shows at least to me that education helps with creating work um and and good legitimate work and mm-hmm. this this goes to the hydronic side so you could probably weigh on weigh in on this as well um so i've had problems with low water cutoffs electronic and mechanical where after a while just they kind of get gummed up and you know what i mean just 
scale. stuff in the yeah. system, scale, gets over them. And, and I've pulled some out and been like, man, look at this. Or I've pulled out like a, a flow switch with some paddles on it, some stainless steel paddles that are like all corroded with holes in them. I'm like, man, you're lucky we pulled this out because in a month from now, there'd be nothing left. We wouldn't be proving flow and your boiler or chiller would be off. So running into these things and having to pull them out and seeing the problem and going, look, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, this is what's happening without a regular inspection of these. Yeah, we're doing... Um, we're doing a maintenance inspection, but we need to go above and beyond and start draining. We need to start pulling things out and pulling things apart because a lot of customers don't realize. They, they think you show up for two hours, inspect it. Yeah, you're on your way. You're good. But no, we have to go a lot deeper. You have to spend more money in order for us to do this. But the things we're going to find on this are going to help you in the long run. Right. Because you, you get that scale all over the electronic low water cutoff it doesn't work the thing has a leak i mean it doesn't know that there's a leak or or the water's low and the boiler keeps running i mean that, that's going to cause a problem right um, a flow switch paddle basically deteriorating into nothing is not going to prove flow and it's going to shut your boiler or chiller right off so these things if you're lucky that's all it and, does <laughs> yeah and we need to we need to pull these things out and inspect them uh and and then once you do that and show them that, okay, it's been two, three years, we haven't had a problem. We got to pull these things out every time um, and look at them. And then they see after two, three years, yeah, the, the boiler chiller problems have start, started, started to sort of alleviate. Now, the next time you go to them with a problem, they're just going to trust and believe what you tell them because mm-hmm. in the past you've been giving them good um good tips, good knowledge about their equipment to keep it running well, right? And that's how you you build and gain trust with the customer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, educating them on what you're doing and why you're doing it um, helps them make their feel like they're part of it. Uh, even if they're never playing a hand on that equipment, if they know what's going on with it, they're, they're more likely to say, well, yeah, go ahead and do that. I know that this is important. Um, being a trusted advisor absolutely helps with that preventative maintenance because then they know they can come to you. You're the reliable source of information. Um, it's uh, it's it's very important. Um, I'm trying to think of an anecdote that uh, I might have on that regards. It's just uh, when you when you when you become a trusted advisor, you also become in high demand. Um, but that's why that's why it's critical knowing your resources, having them at, having them at hand, making sure you know you can find the information quickly. Um, as I said, I'm a phone tech. So, so primarily I'm on the phone. I'm not, not typically in the field, but you know, you always got to know where, you know, which person to call if, 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 uh, things go completely awry, you got to know situations, things that things to look for in a system. Um, see this a lot in startups and open systems, uh, get a call and say, Oh, we're not getting enough flow in our system or, you know, we got, we, you know, we, we've got to get this chiller going and it's, it's getting starved and you know, say, well, where's your cooling tower sitting in regards to your pump? Oh, it's about 15 feet away, about two feet off the ground. Okay. Um, do you have any water inside your pump? Uh, it looks, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's pumping something. I'm like, well, um, that's not doing the design. Uh, open up the, you know, do you have any filtration ahead of it? <laughs> so often the phone call I get that says, uh, you know, what, uh, my, my pump starved is, is it an, is it connected to a co- cooling tower? Yes. Oh, well, uh, 
check check the strainer ahead of it. <laughs> it might be full. Um, knowing those things, they 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 solve they they solve your solution pretty quick. Um, having those little tips in your back pocket make make the problem go away quickly. Um, and makes the customer doesn't want to have to call you. Um, they want they want you know they don't want to. They would rather fix it themselves. So arming them with that knowledge and t giving them that information makes makes me feel good, especially if I don't hear from them again about that subject, because then I know they're checking it next time when they have this problem, or even more so, they're checking it when they go to a job site. Anyway, um, little things to check: pull you know pull a strainer out of a suction guide, um, make sure that you know if your systems haven't start you know open systems having some issues. Um, especially if there's you know not a lot of uh, pressure on the inlet. Um, not a lot of suction pressure in systems that, that, that can tend to cause some issues as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't know these things and you don't accumulate this knowledge without the experience of mm -mm. digging in, taking things apart. And, and that sort of leads me to, to, to this, I will, we'll end this off with some, some thoughts on some preventive for <laughs> preventative. I'm having trouble spitting that word out preventative no stuff that I know has helped me in the past. So I always say, it takes five minutes to be a better tech. I've I've sort of blasted that out into social media land on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. And I didn't make that up. This is this is advice that I got from one of my instructors in advanced refrigeration when I was a, an apprentice. He would always say it takes five minutes to be a better tech. I don't know if he said it in that exact way, but it was it was something along those lines. And all all he meant was just take the extra time to check a few things at the end of your job to make sure everything's good, right? It doesn't take Absolutely. a long time to do this and it doesn't take a skilled person to double check their work. Tug on the wires on that contactor, make sure they don't pull out. Make sure that all your panels are on tight. Make sure that all the garbage is cleaned up. Uh, there's, there's so many things like this that can be done that will prevent a callback. Um, Make sure that refrigerant lines or hydronic lines or cap tubes are not rubbing against each other when you're done. Because I, I've been to jobs where I've I've been doing maintenance there for a while, and then I'll be like, poke my head around the corner and be like, man, that pipe looks like it's about to rub through on that. Why didn't I catch that before? And then you just kind of separate it or put something in between, like rubber mm -hmm. or a grommet or whatever. And it's it's little things like like that because a rub through rub throughs on water piping uh refrigerant piping they always seem to happen after hours oh yeah right right so if you can yep. spot these things while you're there um and the, and this is the five minutes to be a better th a tech thing like after you change your belts if you're doing commercial stuff your filters you, you check the coils the contactors fans compressors whatever it is look at the little things like wire connections tug on them pull on them uh pipes rubbing together uh, damp damper um lubrication sometimes you, you can't tell this until you take a damper apart like for an economizer for example mm -hmm. you don't know that the damper's tight but if you take it out of that linkage and you try to move it sometimes you can't move it and you're like damn that's gonna that will kill the actuator because the thing's almost pretty much seized. So mm -hmm. getting those dampers lubricated is something that that I've done, I would say in the last three, four years, I've done quite often. I will open up jobs with the customer specifically 
to undo the linkages of all the economizers and grease the dampers, move them back and forth, get them nice and free, and then hook them back up. These are things that is legit work that a lot of, I don't see enough techs doing. And I'm not saying I'm special for doing that. It's just that I take this five minutes to be a better tech thing to heart sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I use it to challenge myself in, in a lot of ways. So um, is there anything like that along those lines um, that was passed down by a mentor or something that you, you know of that you kind of stick to to help you along with preventing stuff? Um. I mean, a, a trusted colleague when I started out uh, told me, uh, you know, keep in mind, you know, you're you're not in school anymore. You're not chasing, you know, not chasing the test to test. Uh, you know, you're you're not in a sprint. You're in a marathon race. Um, and it's not just a, you know, don't. It's not. It's the how. At the time, meant more about burnout. But he also, I take it a, hard, a lot of other ways. Sometimes you have to slow down, um, really take a look around, and you know, think about. Think about what you're looking at, thinking about, um, and you say five minutes to be a better tech. I was thinking of at the beginning, um, take take five minutes when you get the job assigned to you. What, what equipment am I looking at here? What usually breaks on these? Um, if, if it's something I, I'm used to working with that I know that I and I know the typical typical stuff I have to have in my in my kit to go out in the field um, or that, you know, to send with my tech to say, you got to take this with you. You got to take that with you. Um, it might not break but have one with you because if it does, you're stranded. Um, so, you know, the, the fact that, you you know, you get to take it slow, so take a breath, take a, take a beat, slow down, look at your, look at your uh, situation and, and try and assess um, the what ifs to really just uh, keep, keep them from happening in the field. Um, just simple things. Yeah. You got to have your bag when you go to site, but you don't look, completely unprofessional to a customer when you say, well, unfortunately I got to come back tomorrow. We got this one, one widget that, uh, we, I didn't bring with me. So it's back at the shop. Nobody ever wants to hear that <laughs> an extra call, an extra day. Uh, it, nobody ever wants to, to, to have that happen. Um, so yeah. just that, that five minutes before you leave, you know, can also save, save a lot of, a lot of, uh, face. Yeah. Be, before you leave to go on the call, you mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, I mean, I, I think we've covered what we want to cover here. And, and I think the, the moral of the story and the gist of this is to take some extra time, uh, create a network for yourself that you can have to rely on. Mm-hmm. Look for things that will prevent emergencies, even if it comes down to uh, spare parts or changing parts before they fail. And and really knowing your fundamentals and, and basics and, and doing proper maintenance and going above and beyond and, and pulling things apart that necessarily haven't been or get pulled apart on the regular. But just to get a good indication of, of, of what might be needed down the road and get to know the equipment like it's... Like it's your, I was going to say like, it's your own <laughs> as a yeah. joke, but I just, I talk about no, absolutely. all the time about how I neglect my own equipment <laughs> at home, yeah. but take care of it. Like, like it's your asset almost in a way, because in a way it is your asset because the customer is the hand that feeds you. And if you're not doing your, your, your due diligence with your customer and protecting their asset, I mean, the hand that feeds you is not going to feed you for very much any longer. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and I'd say that one other added to that is, uh, you know, again, know your contacts. Um, but like I said, especially to the younger techs, you don't know a piece of equipment and you know you're going to be dealing with it regularly. Go on the web, go on your manufacturer's website. Um, if they have a tech support, technical support line, give them a call and ask them some questions. You know, there might be something down the road that might, today it might not be a big deal. Tomorrow it could be everything. Um, or the heck, the product that they're installed might not might have a feature that is just going completely underutilized um, that could save you time and energy too. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. All right. Well, thanks for your time tonight, Brian. I, uh-huh. I enjoyed the the conversation. I don't think we've talked about this topic in in the past about just different angles we can look at to avoid emergencies and avoid headaches yeah so thank you man thank you for that absolutely thank you for your time so some real quick takeaways here having the fundamental knowledge to deal with an emergency one providing yourself the right network around you for support two And learning how to, when you're done a job, how to do the little things that prevent emergencies from happening. Because you can prevent emergencies just from doing little things. Taking that extra five to ten minutes to be a better tech, right? So anyway, thank you, Brian, once again. This this was an awesome conversation. Thank you to the Master Group. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know-It-All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.